My name is Mark Solomon, and this is Never Was. was in control in control that's the term I think of when I think of drummers it's also the best way I can both name part two of my conversation with Jim Chaffin and set the stage for that conversation without giving everything away Jim is a drummer as we've discussed and once upon a time possibly a little obsessed with control think about it doesn't it make sense drummers control everything. They start the song. They set the pace. They keep all the parts together. And often, they decide when it ends. In control. I think it's a drummer thing. And of course, not much in life is that easy. Okay? We know this. Some things are simply out of our control. I'm pretty sure most humans, at least those focusing on what we're going to do, when we're going to do it, and why we're going to do it, most of us prefer to at least continue an illusion that we're in control. Most of us. But most humans are not drummers. Look, we have a fairly long show tonight, but I think it's worth contemplating. If you hate not being in control of what is going on around you or inside you, imagine what a drummer feels. Without further teasing this topic or saying the word control too many more times, please enjoy part two of my conversation with my lifelong friend and the original controller, Jim Chaffin. One thing that we haven't established here is, is we kind of went from being, you know, punk rock kids in your mom's house, you know, practicing in the garage to all of a sudden uh, our pastor essentially praying that the band would break up. And we sort of, yeah. we sort of missed a little bit in there. I mean, first of <laughs> no, all, no, no, <laughs> you, you got years. married before any of us. I mean, that yes. was, that was like a, that's that a, was big a big event, deal. You know, your first, my first friend to get married. Kind I of get, thing. oh what I'm, I was gonna say something but my wife might actually hear this someday so <laughs> I got to do things before you guys you did were legally that were their air quotes there um, legally got to do things we out if we have to but at one point after you got married <laughs> I stopped at your house <laughs> oh no I stopped at your house after we got out of school at like Fresno City College uh huh and I was like Knocking on the door. Your car was home. Knock, knock, knock. Hey, Jim. And it's me and Jeff. You know, because we're, we're so used to just coming over and, and, yeah, and hanging you know, out. Being loud. And, hey, we're, Jim, I need to use the phone. You know, nobody's got a phone. Nobody and has a cell phone. like, open the door, dropped a quarter in my hand, and slammed the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was probably doing the dishes. Yeah, uh, you know, cleaning up a lot of times. It's a lot wink, of wink. So you got married before everybody else. <laughs> You know, the, the thing that I remember most distinctly about the wedding was that I grew... You were in it. I was in, in it, it, and I yes. grew five inches over that summer. Mm-hmm. I, my, my body completely changed. I didn't fit in my tux, really. The shoulders were really 
uncomfortable because I didn't have any shoulders when I got fitted for it. <laughs> you know, t- <laughs> you, for all those years of slumping, you yeah, know, terrible posture. for the for the for the minor threat picture. Yeah, look. try to try to recreate a photo. That yeah, I've seen your shoulders times. never developed. But yeah, you got married and before everybody, and I mean, even early on, the couple tours that Crucified did, you know, Nico was in in the van with us or in yeah. the you know. Yeah, Stacy was like our. I mean, she wasn't our manager, but she like she drove. Mm-hmm. We finally got we got somebody who could drive for more than a half an hour <laughs> without falling asleep. <laughs> yeah, she was a driver, so and she loved it. She sold all the shirts. She she did all that stuff with him and Tim Anderson. You know, right. was our manager. Manager, thank you, Tim. You're the man. Timbo. Yeah, the two of them. You know, just tag team driving and all that stuff. And Nico was he just slept. He was in only months old when yeah. we were in the. We had that. Well, the first one we went on in that van, we went out to Bartlesville and all that other stuff. Yeah. He wasn't with us, but when we were in the motor home, we were big time in the motor home. With XL. Yeah, with XL. <laughs> man, Todd Stevens, yeah. the man. He was uh, he was just a couple months old at that time. But I remember, yeah, we took him everywhere, man. Yeah. Stacy would put him in the, in the shirt box, covered her with all the, <laughs> you know, in the cushion of all the shirts. She would stick him in the box there. And then fold T-shirts and stuff and get ready yeah. and all that. And remember, there was a dude, I can't think it was in Kansas City or somewhere, the guy who was driving us from one venue to another, and he was driving like a maniac. <laughs> and we, we had Nico with us, and I'm, I'm thinking, this idiot's going to kill my son, you know? <laughs> he was, oh, man, Stacy about throttle him. He was some youth group leader guy yeah. who was like, no, we got to get you there, man. We got to get you there. Right, bro. Yeah. Crazy. I remember... Yeah. Um, that tour with XL was such a big deal. We were pretty happening at that moment, I can say. I mean, those yeah. were. Remember going to well, those we had shows. demands. We had we had, we we could demand yeah, stuff at that demands. time. Uh, I, mean, I remember going that that one of those those shows we played down at Club Post Nuclear with um, oh. XL showed up and and uh, Renee Vasquez and 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 Chris, you know, Super C, all those like, the hip hop guys all showed up. Yeah. Um, all those bands, everyone was so stinking crazy and jumping. I mean, I've talked about this on the show before, but the people jumping off buildings and all that kind of stuff and the yeah. line and everything. And there was definitely like a feel of things going in a direction, you know. I think it really kind of culminated with us doing some of those larger venues on our own, you know what I mean? The Oh yeah. The country club show, the show down in, in there was a couple of those shows down in the San Diego and the Escondido area and stuff, but what what a lot of people don't know is the is how we went from you know we got from that little garage in Madeira to right. this point where we're playing you know fifteen hundred people venues in Los Angeles. I mean maybe what they didn't know before was the the struggles that we might have had you know the people not understanding what we were doing to the point where we're at a, a church where we're feeling comfortable. So yeah, I just kind of like to hear your take on on how we got to Calvary Chapel Fresno for one thing, and you right. know kind of right. made that transition because you were really involved with the church over there in Madeira with Bob Wade with all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I feel like all that kind of happened right in the same time. Stacy coming into the picture and you guys, you know, yeah, soon to be married. Just everything was all. Yeah, well, it was, uh, we kind of mentioned it on the first time about that, that first show that we had, we were going to have there and, you know, they kind of canceled it, yeah. the first show that never happened and all that stuff. And, and, uh, at the time at, at, when I was at Grace Community, they were, they were really tripping on me because I, like, I dyed part of my hair and they were like, whoa, 
I mean, this is no, I mean, it's, it's hilarious now, but I was literally told, you know, it's, it's God, you have the appearance of evil, you know, and, and this is getting kind of crazy. And I was wearing eyeliner, uh, and yeah. And, uh, so it, things were going kind of South in that sense. And Mm. I was just like, you know, are you kidding? You gotta be kidding. Right. Mm. I remember coming to youth group one time with the altar boys shirt on that said, uh, what is it? Rebel, rebel against the world or rebel. Uh, yeah. you remember, I can't yeah. remember, uh, when you're a rebel or when something a rebel. was a song, yeah. but I can't mm-hmm. remember. It said something about rebelling against the world. And one of the leaders all rebel, re- that rebellion, rebellion is this, the sin of divination in the Bible. It says that, why are you wearing a shirt that says rebel? I'm like, it's rebel against the world. What's rebellion? <laughs> I mean, it, it was it was weird, dude. Now I think back about it, I'm like, oh wow, man, that's like, talk about fear. Wow, what a way to live. That's what Jesus meant when he said, "Live life abundantly." <laughs> so always be scared of every little thing. Anyway, uh, yeah. So it went from that, and then that happened where the the smokers were there and whatnot, and I got called into the youth pastor's office with Bob, and he was like, "Man, Jim, you know, I." I'm t- I, I can't defend you anymore. I'm, I'm tired of defending you. I can't, you know, the pastor is just like tripping and, you know, you're going to have to change what you're doing, you know, or you're going to have to leave. And I couldn't, I was sitting and I couldn't believe it. I'm like, they're telling me not to come here anymore <laughs> because I I don't look like everybody else, you know? And, and, and I mean, yeah, I this was in the 80s, dude, Christian stuff. And it's like, I was not that crazy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It was not that crazy. But it was a small farm town, Madera, California, you know, and, and a bunch of rich, uh, well, no offense against the rich. Well, some offense. Anyway, uh, yeah, you know, and and uh, he, I, I just said, well, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm going, I'm leaving because I wasn't going to back down and, uh, and they didn't want to back down. So I was like, okay. So that's when you were like, hey, dude, you know, you should check out this church we go to, you know, in, in Fresno. Nobody, you know, nobody will care. I'm like, oh, all right. Okay, so I tested it out, of course, mm. and had my mohawk sticking up or whatever, you know, yeah. and and, <laughs> and drove out to the ranchos and then hitched a ride from there in the in the love bug yeah. that your dad had, uh, <laughs> the VW bus, yeah, uh, the orange bus, yeah, yeah, to Calvary Chapel, and we're and it was just like nobody literally cared what I looked like. And tons of people came up and said hi, and nobody was. I mean, nobody cared. No. And it took me a while to realize the the significance of that 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 nobody cared. So it's like you didn't you don't have to put up a front anymore. You know, yeah, <laughs> you relax. don't have to try. Just relax, you yeah. know, and listen and and worship and all that stuff. So, yeah, that's how we got from that. And that was gosh, how many years before to the four, four or five maybe eighty six or eighty seven. I don't know. Yeah, but I, well, I, we were, I was out of high school probably. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, years go by. Yeah, but I ended up, you know, being, after probably a year or so, I was playing in worship with at Calvary Chapel. Yeah. Me, a piano player, and a guitar player, you know, <laughs> never a bass player. We still don't have a bass player, dude. <laughs> still don't have a bass player. Anyway, and I would come to do worship in my ripped up jeans, and, and nobody ever said anything until my underwear was hanging out through my ripped up jeans one Uh-oh. time. Uh-oh. So... My pastor rebuked me in a way where he's like, um, you might not want to let your underwear show through your <laughs> pants next time. You know, I, I, you know, I want you to be yourself and stuff, but you know, I was like, Oh, all right, dude. All right, cool. 
So <laughs> that was about the biggest rebuke I ever got at that point. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty funny. But yeah, but you know, we that's you know, we were all going there. Actually, yeah. when we were in the Tower District, that's where we met. I met Sonny and uh, Noah Bernard or and mm-hmm. Sonny. Uh, I don't even know Sonny's last name. He's Sonny whosoever, as far as I know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and Noah Senior uh, Bernard at 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 Calvary Chapel there. Then we met them there. We we met a lot of people there. We had a little following that was coming there, yeah, hanging out. All of our pals were coming there and all that stuff. And so yeah. I think that was probably part of the big part of the reason that it was concerning to some of the other adults too, because they saw how many people were coming because we were coming, right? And then then you know they could tell things weren't maybe going right in our, our lives a little bit. And yeah. we had such that in kind of influence and on people, they're like, "Oh, whoa, you better you know be careful." Because I mean, as yeah. kickback as Calvary Chapel was, they're always very serious about representing the name of christ right you know which is and i think pretty like smart it's, it's easy to come back to it later and be like oh you know they were so this and they were so that for myself because i'm not part of the of the church anymore right but of of that church in particular but yeah watch um, it <laughs> but uh, <laughs> i do think like i remember i remember my uh bruce telling me the pastor bruce telling me at one point you know i think the girl you're dating would probably never come to church if you weren't coming. I don't think she really has any interest in, in Christianity or Jesus or learning the Bible or anything. She's just coming because you are. And that was kind of like in a nutshell, what a lot of that scene may have looked like to them. And at the time, you know, we were pretty defensive of that sort of a, right. Of a, I don't know, prejudice or something, but right. Like I I said in the earlier show, time tells all tales. I mean, man, shortly after, we stopped going just people are dropping off like flies you know and yeah yeah which was sad i mean not all of them some people went oh, to different just to, just went to different places or right. eventually later on in their life you know something you know they they decided to follow the lord or whatever yeah. but yeah i mean you could tell i mean it was was that kind of thing i'm yeah. sure which you know i heard i'm sure it was like that for it was like that for vengeance it was like that sure. for deliverance it was like that for all those guys you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of people who are just following the scene. Yeah. You know, that was just our little part in Fresno. It was like that in L.A. There were whole churches pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> developed like that. Oh!
one thing that I thought was pretty awesome that came as a result of all of that, or at least it seemed to me just like an, a natural transition. I mean, I remember going out to the rehearsal space and your, you know, your mom not being sure what to think of us, you know, all these kids coming over and stuff. Yeah. I, of course, will never forget because I'm scarred for life. Uh, drawing with an ink pen on the grout on your mom's counter, and I got in so much trouble. Oh man! Because I was on the phone and not paying attention, and just like doodling like an idiot kid would do, you know? Yeah, yeah. Why? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> why did I do that? Um, but one thing I thought was pretty sweet and awesome was somehow because I never got the impression when we were going to your house that your mom was going out to that church with you guys out there. I mean, I don't know if she was, but yeah, she was. And that was another bad story, but unfortunately I've well, had too many bad stories about that church. <laughs> I don't be I know a lot of great people there, yeah. but some bad things well, happened. The good so. thing happening I thought was all of a sudden your mom starts making the drive from, you know, yeah. From, from Adara to Fresno, which, you know, now seems like not that far, but as a, that's At the time far. it was, yeah, for sure, for Cause, sure. Because I had moved to Fresno, too, at, in between that time. Yeah. I moved out, moved to Fresno. Uh, I was still working in Madeira. We were still right. practicing in Madeira because we had nowhere to practice. Yeah. But, which is, yeah, like I said, it's a 20-minute drive uh, or 20 miles, so yeah. whatever that takes. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it was really nice because, you know, like I say, she had some issues going on there at the church and... Uh, Oh gosh. Anyway, I don't want to keep talking about that. To be honest with you, yeah, but, that's fine. Uh, but yeah, she. Uh, so she, yeah, I was just like, mom, just come on here, you know. And she started going to Calvary, and and uh, she, cool. uh, man, it's like she got a new lease on life, yeah. you know, just because of freedom, you yeah. know, man, freedom. Life didn't change for her. She still had the same crappy circumstances, but to be in a position in a place where people understood that life happens, yeah, and and look to God when life happens and not, you know, just blame it all on what you did and, and, yeah. and all that stuff, you know, to make these things happen in your life. Yeah, it was very good. It was very good. There was quite a few years, it sh- and we finally moved her to Fresno towards the end of her life there. She was in Fresno for a couple of years, and Stacy and I, you know, she, man, she had had a stroke one time, and she was living at our house for a little bit, <clears throat> and uh, she... Uh, she would always come by. It was, it was cool because when she was, uh, she was pretty sure she was pretty bipolar, but she never was really diagnosed. She'd be mm-hmm. super high, fun, good times, and then super low. Yeah. But she always, the kids, you know, were real young. Those were her grandkids, her only yeah. grandkids at the time. And she would, she would drive up, even when she was in a bad mood, she'd drive up to the house after church. And I'd be like, oh, okay, well, I guess things are all right. She's coming here. She'd honk the horn be like what in the why is she honking the horn so i'd go out there and she'd hand me a bag of candy from walmart and drive <laughs> off <laughs> just because <laughs> she wanted the kids get the kids candy but she just oh she God. didn't want to stick around to talk about nothing That's just awesome oh yeah she was you know stereotypical grandma man yeah. she just loved to spoil those kids yeah. you know loved it loved it loved it so you know I mean, obviously, it's a sensitive subject and still remains so. When did your mom pass? I mean, how many years ago are we talking about? It was in 2002. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's been a bit. What, 14, 15? No, I can't add. 12 years. Yeah, 13 years, actually, yeah. Yeah, 13, yeah. I'm glad I was still adding. your math. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I I saw you with a calculator. I I always thought that that was such an awesome... Because I remember, man, I remember it was tough, you know, back in high school and stuff like that. It was really tough for your mom. And I mean, obviously we weren't like super tight bros or anything, 
but I knew it was really weighing on you. I just always yeah. thought it was so cool, like later on to see her around people and, you know, having interactions with people that, that were actually Christian people and who, you know what I mean? Who might have her better interests in mind and stuff. Right. Just, right. She made a lot of friends. She made a lot of friends, you know, and, 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 but she was sick a lot. Yeah. And, uh, the, the whole, you know, bipolar thing, I didn't understand mental health issues at that time. So, uh, I didn't know what was going on with her. I was like, man, yeah. mom, come on. What's the deal? You know, nothing happened. Why are you tripping out? You know? And, yeah. and so it was wearing on me a little bit, which is a major regret to this day in my life. I'm still trying to get over. So I kind of backed off of her a little bit and she uh, got a call from her neighbor that she was living next to. And I'm like, what is this lady's problem? Why is she calling me? Yeah. What do you want? You know? And, and she's like, your mom's like, on the ground outside of her apartment, what? Uh, you know, she can barely move. I'm like, what? You know, call the ambulance, call an ambulance. So I go over there. She, you know, she had would been in one of her downtimes, and I was just like, okay, mom, just whatever, just call me whenever you feel like talking. Okay, mm-hmm. just geez, you know, I got other things to do, type of thing. And and uh, she uh was sick. But she wasn't going to the doctor about it because she's just so depressed and jacked up. So she's sitting in her room. She basically ended up getting pneumonia. And she had already had congestive heart failure, which is a fluid in your lungs. She's, you know, she had had strokes before. So she had, you know, her health was not that great. She let that, the pneumonia was deep. She had it really bad. And uh, they took her to the hospital. I met her there. She was awake and coherent and stuff, and she was like, it's okay, I love you, love you too, love you too, mom, okay, okay, you know, we're going to get you through this. So they talked to me, I'm the youngest of three, I have an older brother and an older sister, but I was the only one involved in her life at the time, the other Mm -hmm. two weren't really involved in her life. So they're talking to me, I'm the only family member there, and they're like, you know, we're going to have to innovate her, and you know, what that'll do, we'll we'll just, we'll put her under, we'll, we'll, you know, she'll be reliant on the machine, but it'll give her body time to rest and actually heal you know and stuff and I was like okay okay and I was like mom you cool with that yeah yeah whatever sweetheart love you I love you too you know and so they put her under and uh, days were going by and stuff and and they're monitoring her and I'd go in and see her and it was kind of weird to see her there just laying there you know with the tube in her mouth and all that stuff and uh I remember we went there Stacey and I went there and they had a little like a little uh dry erase board that was there and there was something written on it. And I was like, well, what is, what's that? You know, and they're all, oh, you know, she kind of came out for a second and she tried to write something. And uh, but we don't not sure. It just said head. And we were like, what the heck? You know, that's weird. You know, maybe, you know, can't be a headache. You know, uh, yeah. You know, I, you know, they just did. They didn't know there were no signs of anything happening. So a couple of days after that, they're like, we're, you know, I think we're going to try and go ahead and bring her out. You know, because things aren't things aren't uh, getting a lot better, so we're gonna try and bring her out and see what else we can do. Mm-hmm. Well, she wouldn't come out of the of the uh, coma or whatever induced coma. You know, the uh, medically induced coma that they yeah. put you in. You know, she wouldn't come out. And I was like, well, what the heck? Well, come to find out, that I guess I found out through a CT scan or somehow that while she was in that, she had a stroke. She had another mm. stroke, and she was just kind of gone and uh at that point i i i could not bear to go in there and see her uh laying there uh and uh 
Yeah, man. Again, that's just one of the biggest regrets of my life. You know, I, and I had to, I was the, uh, executor of her will or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, cause I was the only one in her life and stuff. So she, basically they were like, you, she is, she's probably not going to come out of this. This is it. This is where she's at. We can keep her alive, but it's artificial. Mm. And she'd always tell me, you know, she'd always tell me we should be hanging out at the house and stuff. She'd be like, if I ever get close, you know, if I ever have a mm-hmm. stroke again and I'm under, she's like, don't you dare bring me back. If you bring me back, I will kill you. <laughs> so, okay, so let me get this straight. You know, if I save your life, you're going to kill me. Okay, got it. You know, so, I mean, because she was just like, she was ready to go. She was just like, I want to be with Jesus this life sucks. It has nothing for me anymore. <laughs> the grandkids are the only, my only yeah. pleasure. I'm just, I'm ready to go. So I knew it was like, she would not want to be like this, you know, at all. So I was like, okay. So I had to sign the paperwork to say, okay, pull the plug. And, um, I met with, uh, Bruce, our pastor, Bruce Mumper a couple of times. And, and, uh, Cause I felt horrible about. It. I'm like, what am I doing? Am I, am I killing her? What am I doing? You right. know. And and his advice was just, I'll never forget it. Just sitting there with him, and he's like, you're giving God an opportunity to show a miracle. You know, mm-hmm. if He wants her, and He has purpose for her in this life, He'll bring her out. Yeah. And she'll be fine. If not, He's gonna take her home. Yeah. Cause she's His, and that's what she wanted. You know, that's what she wanted. Yeah. So just do it, you know, it's, it's okay. What you're doing is okay. So that was, that was a lot of comfort. But after I took, uh, we, they took the stuff out. It was probably 24, maybe 48 hours when she finally passed, but I couldn't even go in there. I couldn't, I had a lot of, had some other family members who were never there for her in her life were there holding her hand, but I couldn't, I couldn't bear to be there when she was dying. I had never experienced death Mm -hmm. before. No, you know, death of a grandmother, you know, and stuff when I was younger, but somebody that close to me had sure. never died. And, and, uh, man, that was a brutal, that was, that was tough. It was really tough. I did not understand it. Uh, I was really pissed because I don't have a great relationship with my dad. And at the time I was just like, okay, God, my mom, who I have a great relationship with and, and loves you is dying. And my dad, who's a rat you know, yeah, bastard, yeah, yeah. you know, is, is alive. What is that? How is that <laughs> fair? How is that just, I mean, you know, it's totally like the Psalms, you know, you're just like, mm-hmm. what are you doing, God? You know, what is that? What, this is not fair. And it took, I was months and months and months for me to really get back to even enjoying going back to church. And, you know, I just, I have had a major grudge. So against you, the Lord. Well, let me ask you. That, you know, you said it a couple times that you you is one of your biggest regrets. Uh, yeah. You know, what do you mean by that? What do you what not you being regret? there, not being there, and holding passed? her hand. Yeah, and not being able to do that and to say goodbye, to give her a kiss on the hand, to give her a kiss on the cheek. That's not uh, fair, dude. It's well, that's I, not fair, man. I know, but you know, I, it's one of those things that I just held on to. I know she doesn't care. You know, she doesn't care, but it's just, yeah, I held on to that for a long time. I'm barely able to, to let it go. But I, I mean, it's one of the things that it's funny. I'm helping an old lady at our church right now who she's like 88 years old. My mom was only 63, you know, and oh. she's 88 and I'm helping her out and stuff. And I, it's just, you know, it's one of those things where it's like the Lord's just like, okay, you know, you felt like this at that time. You didn't have opportunity. You didn't do this and that here be a blessing to her 
you know, mm-hmm. and then I'm able to be a blessing to this lady. And, and, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like the Lord just is, is good enough to give me another opportunity to feel like I can make that right. Sometimes, sometimes okay. not. But I mean, for myself, I just feel like, you know, I can do that for her, but I'm sorry, man, know. but I got to say like, you know, I may not have been, let me be down on myself, jerk. F you. Back off. <laughs> <laughs> it's my show. You can eat <laughs> shit and die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, I'm the host, homie. I'm not supposed to do that. So, well, you're you supposed know, to have the mostest. I don't have, so. I'm not emotional. I'm a machine. Bam. Everybody knew. I mean, I'm not trying to get you in the feels, okay? But yeah. just sincerely, from a guy who was a dick to you for a long time and who was a, a pain in, in your backside. <laughs> For many years, there was no question in, no question in my mind or anyone else's mind who, who loved your mom and who was there for your mom. Right. Right. So. Right. Don't fucking do that. It's like the end, bro. I mean, and this is the other thing she's, it's where her, her, it's what she knew, right? It's what she knew in life. Exactly. Exactly. She knows. There's a reason why she's coming by to bring candy for the kids, dude. And it's not just for the kids, you know? Right. And there's like this thing, this technicality that we live in this world where they put all this weight on you being there for this dramatic moment where the music swells and shit. That is not real. Okay. No. You know, and I'm not, I could bring my own experience into it, but it's irrelevant because this is the thing. You were there for your mom when your mom was there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? When she was there, she needed yeah, me. Yeah, man. Right, right. Like, I, I refuse to, uh, to whatever the power might be available, I refuse to sit here in a room with you knowing how much you loved your mom and hear that bullshit. It's just not fair. It's not fair. It's to, not. And I get it. It's easy for me to say. Dude, right, trust but- me. <laughs> I get it. It's easy for me to say because, uh, you know, I'm not you and I'm not the one who, who missed this this time that you have in your head. Right. But for what it's worth, I just, what matters is, is, is the motivation and the heart and, you know, and that the hard stuff was what you were there for. Who did the neighbor call? Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know? Right. Yeah. <sighs> Why am I consoling you? <laughs> Very upsetting. Yeah. Cause no, it's just it, not fair. It isn't, it isn't fair. And it's, you can't, it's not that's fair. something and, you but, can't get out from under. I did it to myself. Nah, and, no shit. And, and that's it. <laughs> it's like you set yourself into a catch twenty two. Hey, I'll I just did. go across the street and kick my own balls. Like you know, know what I mean? Like I know. You- well, and that that's a, that's a great segue into mental health issues.
gonna have to be a short story because the whole story would be a while. But so I had uh, come across one of the just a simple thing. I'm gonna get gross and graphic, but I had bleeding. I had blood in my stool. Okay, that's blood in your poop. For those of you, ladies and gentlemen, Rhea Linda. Uh, so um, I uh, uh, so I was like, oh wow, that's kind of weird. So I keep getting blood in my stool, and I'm like, what the heck's going on? So I did what I would suggest you never do. I went online and oh, looked on WebND and stuff. Terrible plan. And I'm looking and I'm like, anal fissures. What? I've been living with it. I've crap and it's, it's, I've got <laughs> pain. I know, right? Pain for the rest of my life. And I'm, and I, and I'm, I'm like, I started freaking out. Anal and I, fissures. I'm anal fissure. Yeah. That's probably a, a catchphrase in other parts of the country. Oh, wow, man. <laughs> but medically, that is a tear in your rectum. Uh, Hello. That, that makes you bleed when you poop. That's basically what I had. Yeah. So, but I'm thinking cancer. I'm thinking, yeah. oh my God, I'm going to die. And I I had this feeling come over me, just this rush of, it was weird. It was like like when the, when you when your leg falls asleep or your arm falls asleep and that, that rush of the blood coming back in, you know, just weird. I'm like, oh, whoa. And all of a sudden I was like on edge. I couldn't tell you the exact moment, but I, I, it just started building on edge. And, and that kept coming these thoughts like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Oh my God, I'm dying. This is, I'm going to die. And it, I'm just like, like, well, you know, I'm trying not to think about it and, and going along and, and just like, man, I keep getting blood in my poop, but I won't go to the doctor because I'm scared to go to the doctor because they're going to tell me I'm going to die. Uh-huh. So I'm just hoping things are just going to get better. And I'm looking online and all these stories about, you know, uh, these horror stories of I've lived with it all my life, you know, and just every time I poop, it's so painful. And I'm oh just like, gosh. oh my God, while that's happening, we're discussing doing a shows in uh, Akron and oh, Detroit, like, Michigan. So we're in like the, the aughts, the early aughts, 20, 2005, 2006 or so. Yeah, right? yeah. When we kind of were like we're coming together, doing a few shows here and right. there or trying to do things here and there. And we had shows coming up, Crucified. And I was I was going through this and I'm just like freaking out. I don't know what the flip's going on. My, I can't sleep. I can't. All of a sudden I can't eat. Uh, I just have this tense emotion going on all the time and uh i'm talking to my mother-in-law about it who's a who was an emt she did a critical mass or critical situation talking people down from suicides or 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 uh, when they're going in shock you know and Mm -hmm. all this stuff and we're talking she's like oh babe what you got it's called fight or flight you know that's this emotion that comes and you've got this rush of this and that what you got to do you got to exercise Start running, you know, and help. It'll exercise this stuff out of you and get the thing out. Yeah. I'm like, okay, all right, well, I'll do that. Well, I start running, and I get, like, slight reliefs from from this feeling, and it kept going, kept going. Well, short story long is it took, like, probably six months for me to finally work this feeling out. But I, as <laughs> when I had this feeling, I we went and did these shows, yeah. and I was trying to explain to you guys, I can't sleep. I'm running, like, like forever and i had lost i was down to like i was like 150 pounds i'm 180 you know i was down to 150 pounds i didn't even realize and i'll never forget when we were in a hotel and i was taking my shirt off and greg was all dude you've lost some weight and i didn't even realize i'm like oh i guess because i wasn't hardly eating anything (laughs) and i'm running like miles a day you know just I, i would get up in the middle of the night and run and then when we were doing these shows i was like 
I couldn't sleep, so I'd get up and I'd go in the hallway of the hotel and run up and down the hallway thinking, I got to run, I got to get this stuff out, which is not conducive to sleep whatsoever. No. And uh, I wasn't taking any pills or anything at the time. And I, I just, it took me a long time. But you guys, you could tell something was wrong. All three of you knew it was like, uh, this is not Jim. This is not the guy that we know. Yeah, what is going on? And I'm like, I, I didn't know. I had no idea. All I knew was fight or flight. And I've yeah. got this, this stuff in me that I can't get out. Okay, I got to do something about it. And uh, uh, we got through those shows. I don't know how I got through those shows. That was a miracle in themselves because, I mean, I could barely function through the day. And then when we played, we played great. We did great. Yeah. I mean, I thought, you know, the shows kind of sucked, but we played great. <laughs> uh, I, and basically, so I got back home and I was like, oh, thank you, God, you know, for helping me get through this. And uh, I got through it, you know, and it came to a point where uh, I was like, I would think about dying. I would kind of like test myself, you know, and go, I might die waiting for the feeling to come across. Oh, I'm not feeling anymore. God, oh, it's over. It's done, man. Whew, yeah. That was weird. Hey, what was that? You know, well, I got through it. So whatever. So another year or so goes by and I'm thinking I got through it. I did it. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. able to do it. I know what to do. You know, this I've conquered Hold it. yourself up by I your pulled bootstraps. bootstraps. Yeah. <laughs> right. I've conquered this thing, you know, Thank you, Lord. You know, I did give thanks to God, and he had major credit due to him, uh, <laughs> as he always does. So um, a year goes by, and uh, or a couple of years go by, and I'm playing with a, another punk band in town at the time. And, here in Fresno. Uh, here in Fresno uh-huh. called Final Threat. We, uh, we were playing a show. or Actually, it was with a cover band I was playing with the first time it happened. Anyway, I got vertigo after I played. I get up, and... The, I would play a whole show. Uh, if you ever played cover bands, and we played like th- four 45 minute sets. Right, right. I'm all good the whole time. I get up to pack my stuff up, and I can't. The room starts spinning, and I, I have to sit down, and I'm all jacked. I'm like, what the flip? Somebody called my wife. Something's up. This is not yeah, right. Yeah. So a friend of mine drove me home, by, and it was about an hour drive. And by the time I got home, I felt better. I'm like, whoa, that was weird. What the heck? Maybe I was dehydrated. That's kind of weird because I had a couple beers, but I wasn't yeah. drinking a lot of water, and yeah, it's in yeah. the summer. This must have been dehydration. That's what it was. So I played with the punk band the next weekend. We play, and it was only 45-minute set, one 45-minute set. I get up, and it was even worse. It was, like, spinning so fast. I mean, I don't, so it happens again. I'm like, what the heck is going on, you know? I go to the doctor. I'm like, something's up. You know, it's an inner ear problem. Something's going mm-hmm. on. They test my hearing. They're all wow, your hearing's great for playing music for all these years. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. no, something's wrong, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. I pay the thousand-something dollar deductible for a CT scan just to make sure my I don't have an inner ear problem. Yeah. Everything's perfect. We don't know why. And I'm like, that is not what I want to hear. <laughs> I want an answer, and I want to know, take this pill, do this thing, yeah. and it'll never happen again. I don't get that. So I'm like, crap. You know, I don't, maybe it's cause I'm not wearing earplugs. So I start wearing earplugs all the time and it doesn't happen. I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm hanging out with my friends in the punk band. We're going to pick up some t-shirts that we had made and I'm just talking with some guys and all of a sudden I get a feeling of dizziness again and I have to sit down. I'm like, and I, I get that feeling, that rush feeling from before like, the... from like I had had before. And I was yeah. like, oh, shite, you know, this, this it's, it's here it is again. I'm like, oh, great. Okay, so 
now I've got this inner ear problem, I think. I don't know what's going on. You know, I've got, I've got a tumor. And, uh, <laughs> and this feeling's coming back. I'm like, okay, I know what to do this time. I know what to do. I'm on it. Running. I'm going to call my grandma. I'm going to run my ass off, and it'll be all be fine. So I'm running, I'm running, I'm running. Never having an answer uh, to what was going on. And why it returned. or I could not stop thinking about it. Couldn't stop thinking about it. Couldn't stop thinking about it. Uh, uh, thinking about my, my health. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Uh, no matter how much I ran, it just got worse and worse and worse. I'm, I'm, my poor wife, I'm just, she's just like, what is, honey, you know, yeah. something's not right. I know, I know, I know. And, and there's nothing she could say to calm me down or to, you know, I'm just like walking around like a zombie, literally. Yeah. And then my ears start ringing. I'm getting that. I'm calling Jeff Blue every five seconds too. Tinnitus. What do you do? What do you do with tinnitus? Yeah. What do you do? How do you live with it? And I, I'm just, I, I was literally, I was like totally debilitated. I was going to work still. And my, my boss at the time, Susan Phillips, greatest boss ever, Mike Phillips' wife. Mike just plays golf. <laughs> He's not, <laughs> he wasn't my boss, just so you know, his wife was. Uh, but I was just, I was trying to go to work and, and I was just, I was a wreck, dude. Yeah. And I was like having to go for a walk every, every 15, 20 minutes, call my mother-in-law. Okay. All right. Talk me. And she would talk me down. I'm like, okay, okay. Uh -huh. All right. And I was sitting out on my back porch one time and my wife was at work. I said, being alone was the worst thing ever. Okay. It, I, I was scared to be alone because there's nobody there to, Hey, yeah, hey to yeah. talk to, to see, I'm just like, I'm there by myself with my thoughts that I could not stop thinking. There's no distraction. TV didn't help. I couldn't want, you know, I couldn't watch anything and I couldn't hear it after a while. It's like, all I heard was the thoughts in my head, you know, you know, yeah. you're going to die, dude. You're going to die. It's going to die. And amongst other things. And, um, I'm sitting on my back porch and I was like, you know, this is, this is not life. This is, this sucks. You need to just take care of this. You know, you need yeah. to end this. This just, just get it over with, dude. You know, your mom's gone. Just every crap thing in my life is just going through my head. And I'm just like, I couldn't even think about how, you know, great my wife is, great my kids are. The kids are great. They're all yeah, grown up. Yeah, love them. Yeah. I know well, that was another thing, you know, just, I, mean, I know time's short. I was in the store with my son and I blew up at him and I just started yelling at him because I was so on edge. Sure. And he looked at me. I remember, I'll never forget the look he had on his face. It's like, who are you? Yeah. And I, and I came home and I was just bawling my head off. I'm like oh, in man. public, I just screamed at my kid and I'm like, Oh my God, I don't, this is, I don't, this is not me anymore. I don't know who this is, but this is not me and I don't like him. So basically I did not go very far with the planning of it, but I was like, this life's over. I'm done. I'm taking it. This is, <sighs> I want, I'm punching the ticket. This shit sucks. You know? Yeah. Pardon my French, Stacy. I only apologize to my wife. I know the rest of you don't care. And I don't give a shit.
I was that scared the crap out of me, and I called my mother-in-law, who <sighs> thankfully answered. Every time she didn't answer, I, it just went yeah. double worse. Yeah, yeah. And she knew that. She was just like, "Babe, you can't rely on me. I'm not going to be here all the time. You yeah. need to get this dealt with." And when I told told her that, she was like, "You need to go to the dreaded dun 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 dun, dun. psychologist, psychiatrist. You need professional help." Let me ask and, you something here. <laughs> yeah, where was I mean, I'm, this is not an accusatory question, but yes, what was your reservation? It seems like there was one for reaching out to people from the church. I mean, did you? Talk I to did. Anybody at oh that yeah, time? yeah, yeah, yeah. The good question. I was talking to Bruce. Yeah. I was talking to your dad, uh, Jerry. Yeah. And you know they were trying to help me, and you're like, oh, you know, Jim, you know, and they didn't really understand what was going on sure. quite at okay. the time. And I remember uh, talking to Bruce. This would be, you know, after I talked to my mother-in-law and I had that feeling of wanting to d- kill myself, I'm like, dude, this, this is just, this just sucks. And I'm, and I've set up an appointment with, with Bruce and we're sitting there and he's like, so what's going on? I'm like, dude, I'm crazy. I'm going crazy. I, I, I can't stop these thoughts in my head. And, and they knew I wasn't the same person, Yeah, you know, and I remember Bruce very not a uh, up or down kind of guy. Pretty right, pretty right. Spockish, pretty <laughs> right. stoic, you know. And he's just like Spockish. <laughs> he's like looking at me, you know. He adjusts his glasses and he's like, "Well, you couldn't have picked a better time in in history to go crazy." <laughs> he's like, "There's a lot of things that that can help. You know, there's a lot of medications out there that can help. You know, you need to see somebody and stuff." And I'm like, and it just. I knew I did. Yeah. I knew I needed to see a psychologist, but that was just a thought. Even that, that thought to myself, like you're crazy. Yeah. Psychologists are for crazy people, Jim. You're crazy. Down. Look at that. Now, how about that? Put that in your thought yeah, process, oh yeah, you know? Yeah. And I'm just like, Oh my God. Oh, you, you thought know? the blender was going as fast as it could. No, yeah. turns out it gets faster. There's an, a whole other thing of speeds on the other side. Yeah. Oh, it's only on the low speed. Now it's on <laughs> high speed. Now, now, now you're in the uh, milkshake wow. mode. Uh, that had to feel uh, kind of like a relief, though. It also was to, to hear, hear him say, "Yeah, a man like of a God, I respected." Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, not that man. you need permission from a church figure, but dude, no. The I mean, state of mind I was in, though, it was just good. More than just, you know, you have permission, my son. But yeah, a, a yeah. friend of mine who cares, like I said, me. you know, years before had been there for me when my mom died. Yeah, we had had an ugly church split after that. Not a couple of years after that. And mm-hmm. all I remember is people, you know, telling me, Bruce is this, Bruce is that. He said this, he's a liar, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, I don't even know who you're talking about. Yeah. Because the Bruce I know stood was a man, gap. stood by my side, held my hand, loved me, loved my mom, loved me through a lot of 
crap. Mm. Another side story. So, you know, church splits suck. Uh, yeah. But uh, so I trusted him. I loved him. I knew he loved me. I knew he yeah. had my best interests in mind. He was my friend, you know, sure. and and it just felt good. And, and I was like, okay, I can do this. I've got somebody behind me. You know, I went to the went to the psychologist at the time. I had Kaiser Permanente, and uh, went to psychologists. They and um, you know they're like, hey, yeah, yeah, fight or flight is what you got. But what this is, there's more to it. You've got, you know, this uh, they call it GAD, general general anxiety disorder. Okay, this is what you have. This is what we're gonna give you some pills. We're gonna start you on this. It's called Zoloft, you know, and it's gonna do this or that. I'm like, okay, uh, well, am I gonna want to kill myself? Because every commercial I see about yeah, pills, all, yeah, yeah. if you have thoughts of suicide, I'm like, <laughs> I thought it was just to help you stop smoking. You know, what is wow. this? You know, I'm getting thoughts of suicide. And they're like, yes, some people do, but it's generally super old people or it's actually generally really young people. We don't know why, but this is it. But from your category, from what you have, you know, there's nothing you need to worry about. And if you do, we can get you take you off the medication, yada, yada. I was really I was scared. Yeah, I was pretty scared for a lot of reasons because I was already in a scared state of mind uh, about everything. And uh, I mean, I couldn't hardly drive, dude. I couldn't. Uh, it was it's just it was it was horrible. Like I said that's why I wanted to die. I was just like yeah. this this sucks. This is not life. This is over. Nobody could understand. Nobody could talk you down. So there's just so many things that it just was horrible. It was it was just horrible, horrible, horrible. So anyway, so I was just really glad to get some help. Uh, I went there and oh, go ahead. That was your diagnosis, though. Ultimately, was it? Yeah, was yeah, just general dad. anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're gonna start you on this pill, and they explained to me, you know, you have this chemical that's in your mind. That's that fight or flight feeling that you got is releasing these endorphins in your head, melatonin, serotonin, <laughs> serotonin, I think it's called Okay. in your head. And it's only there for when you're actually going to die or you need to run or you need to fight. It's giving you this extra adrenaline. But when you don't have a release for it, your body doesn't know what to do with it. And you've got this huge release of this thing in your mind and, and it's it's not stopping yeah so what this thing it's a serotonin inhibitor it'll stop that chemical if these microphones are really good you just heard my stomach growl. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't uh, know if it was yours or mine uh, yeah yeah okay. uh it'll it'll inhibit the the chemical from from releasing yeah and i'm like okay i guess i don't know how that's gonna help you know whatever I'll try it. I'll try anything right now. So I started, they start me on this very low dosage. I would get the thoughts in my head and I would get this almost like a, uh, 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 nope. You know, start feeling really? that feeling would come in and nope. So you kind of feel like a cap. I felt it. I what felt, yeah. I fe- oh, it was, it was a major trip. Cause every time I get those, those rush. Awesome. <laughs> right. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, wow. You know, and, and. It took a while, you know, and I kept the exercising up. I was still running yeah. and, 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 you know, to try to release the, the stuff that was in my body. So it took a, it took a month or two for me to really start feeling normal. But I mean, already, I mean, within a couple of days, I could tell yeah. how the release wasn't there and I just got better and better and better and better. And I was having trouble sleeping still, uh, you know, and there's all little side effects that happen. You know, I had, a, uh, headaches and, and, uh, you know, little ED at the beginning when you're, you just, you can't oh, yeah, get it up yeah. and that was scary. 
I'm sure. I'm, and there, but there, we got pills for that. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I've heard of those. I've heard of those. <laughs> Can I just have a few anyway? <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, all, basically got back to to me. You know, and I remember yeah. Bruce telling me, you know, it's like, dude, just we want you back. You know, yeah. when you're excited to get yourself back. We want you back too. You awesome. know, anything you need to do to get you back. You know, so. Yeah, it, and that was a few, that was like three, no, two years ago when I started taking the pills. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's it's been great ever since then. You know, things have been great. I've been able to push myself, uh, do things I've never thought I would do. I got to, uh, I snorkeled, which was an amazing thing. Oh, nice. Uh, and Because I was deathly afraid of the water, you know, and I'm like, I just started pushing myself and challenging myself. Huh. Okay, I, I can do this. I can do this, you know, and like put myself in those situations because now I knew I wasn't going to have that rush, you know, yeah, and I, yeah. those fears. So I'm thinking everything's going pretty good, you know, and there's a, there was a lot of things I missed out on. We could have went to Germany. Right. Wow. We were booked to, at Germany to go to Germany. And at the time before I had any of those, you know, before I got diagnosed. The idea and that, of that was not. The idea general. of like, oh, yeah. dude, I cannot be in an airplane yeah. for 19 hours. Yeah. I can't, I can't. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we just we missed out on a few things. So I'm like, I'm not missing out on anything anymore. Let's uh, do this. Let's whatever uh, I got to do. So, you know, all this is going on. And then just recently, uh, which I don't even told you this. So here, I'm dropping a bomb on you, oh, baby. Snap. I, uh, I'm, I went back to school, something I was definitely afraid to do. But I, I, I'm going to City College. Yeah. Uh, and as you told me. Uh, I am the smartest guy in the room. <laughs> so <laughs> it's so weird. Easy. <laughs> not, yeah, it's 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 amazing. It's not as daunting as I thought. No. Uh, and and God has been merciful and gracious to me so much. I mean, the first class I took, I was so afraid. I'm sitting there super early, and all the people are coming in, and I'm just like, oh my God, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And a friend of mine comes in the class. And we both have been talking to each other about <laughs> how we're going to City College, and it's like, and his young guy, and I'm like. You're taking this class? Yeah, I got this class. I mean, you know, Lord, Lord is just giving me all those little like, I got you, bro. I got you. You know, Dude. don't worry about it. I'm like, oh, oh man. Anyway, so God is just, you know, so good. So um, I'm getting ready to uh, uh, test into uh, math and English. And I go to this math tutorial to help me. And I was just super lost. Yeah. And all of a sudden, not the rush of emotion or anything, but these thoughts in my head it's like you're an idiot you're an effing idiot dude mm. you are so stupid look at you and there was a guy in this group that i'm with who was an idiot who i'm looking at him i'm just like this guy doesn't know he doesn't know when to shut up you know he's got teeth missing and he's like answering every question he's like oh okay you uh, mean the proverbial just like dude this guy's a dingbat and he's like feeling great and he's feeling good about himself. And oh I'm just gosh. like, look, at the idiot feels better about himself than you do. Oh, look man. at you, you moron. Look at you, dummy, you idiot. And I'm just like, I, I just, I couldn't hardly even hear anything they were saying because everything that was going through my mind is just like, you're an effing idiot, dude. What in the world do you think you're doing here? Mm. It was, I'll tell you, it was, it was like borderline satanic, you yeah, know, in the sense man. that it was like, back in El you know, Paso. The Diablo, you know, the thrower of stones was just throwing everything he had and I was buying it. Mm. And I was just like, yep, what am I, I, I can't believe this is, you know, why am I here? And 
you know, and uh, uh, going into it, I knew I was like, okay, you got this, you got this, you know, this is going to be a little weird, but you got this, you got this. And uh, because I thought everything was cool. Everything's fine. It's just a little bit of pep talk and I'll be cool. And uh, I, uh, I stayed the whole time. I almost left, but I stayed the whole time because I, I would get a little pass <laughs> if I stayed. So if I flunked my, my initial, uh, placement test, I could retake it quicker. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I gotta stay. I gotta stay. So the whole time I'm just like, you're an idiot. You know, you're an F and a hole, but you just, I told you, told you you're an idiot. And I cannot stop thinking about it. And I'm actually enjoying it. I'm like getting into yeah, it. I'm yeah. like, Oh yeah. Oh, you yeah oh man. I was just enjoying it. This is safe. And, um, yeah, this is safe. I, uh, and this is the way it should be. Right. I'm comfortable I should with this. feel this way. Right. And I'm walking home from the college. It's, it's only about a mile and a half from here. I didn't have a ride. I'm walking home and I'm halfway there <laughs> and uh, I'm making plans in my head. Okay. Cause I get to the point where I'm just like, you're a worthless piece of shite. Why, why are you even look at your wife is working so hard, you know, and she's got to put up with you. She's got to deal with you. Your poor kids, you know, they're successful. They're older now. They don't need you around. You know, they're on a great path. They're set. Your wife certainly doesn't need you. She's propping you up. You know, you just do just, let's see, when, when can we do it? You know, what would be, I don't want to kill, I don't have a gun, so I'm not going to shoot myself, but I could probably, I love to sleep, so I could probably just, you know, do something like that. Okay, so when am I going to do it, you know, to where my wife can't find me here and there, and I'm planning in my head as I'm walking home how I can kill myself because I'm such a worthless piece of shit, you know, Mm -hmm. that it's over. And uh, I never thought I would feel that way again, but I thankfully didn't have anything in the house to really be able to do anything like that. And my wife comes home. How was your test? How did it go? Oh man, I'm going to die. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, so thankfully I did. I had somebody, if I was going to be by myself for long, I don't know what would have happened to be quite honest with you, but I was able to tell her how I was feeling. And as I'm talking about it, I'm like, that's crazy. Right. This is not right. Right. She's like, yeah, that's not right. No, honey. You know? And I'm just, it just, but it felt so good. And I'm, I realized it's like, dude, pill ain't going to get you over the hump, bro. You got a years and years. Anyway, so short story long is I'm in therapy <laughs> okay, uh, okay. right now. And, um, so hold on a second here. You're going home. Thank God. Stacy comes home shortly after you're here. You guys have a conversation and it's, it's determined like, okay, take this to the next level and go get some continued continued yeah yeah because yeah. uh, uh, just taking the pill is not enough it's like right a and, I, and I had a little bit of therapy going on and things were going so great and I was like on cloud nine because I wasn't having those feelings mm-hmm. then I lost my I lost my insurance too in between that uh, so I'm like you know ah eh, you know things are going great anyway I don't really need therapy per se so you know it's all good mm. until this colossal mess happened and I'm like uh, I got to do it so I'm actually I'm, I'm in therapy right now and in another one of those things where it's like and my and my pill and my uh, prescription from Kaiser was going up so I'm trying to get my Zoloft prescription yeah. covered that was another like, kind of like oh my god yeah. what am I going to do if yeah. I don't have yeah. this 
So I, I talked to another psychiatrist friend that I know, and he's like, try this place out. I go there. I haven't even got to tell you this yet. I go when they have a, a, a service to where if you're on pills, but you lost your insurance, you can come. We'll, we'll, we'll get your diagnosis and we'll give you another prescription. You don't have to commit to anything. I'm like, perfect. Cool. Let me do that. I sign up. I go and the lady comes in. She's kind of late and we're sitting there looking at each other. And we're talking. She's all, this is what you're here for? Yeah, that's what I'm here for. And we're, we keep looking at each other. I'm like, I know you from somewhere. She's like, you're, she's all, is Stacy your wife? I'm like, yeah. She's all, is Laura, Laura Sippy. Or it's Sippy or Laura Slippy? Slippy. Slippy. Get yeah. the heck out of here. No, I'm like, oh my gosh. Another one of those like, oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Wow. She's the she's the person I'm talking to to help you know get no this kidding. thing yeah and man I just just felt so like oh so we sat there and BSed about our catching up and stuff it's like oh okay so what was it you needed oh here let me give you here's for a year and I'm just like oh this place is awesome I love this place <laughs> and it's called House Psychiatric <laughs> Doctor House <laughs> yeah, Doctor <show>. House yeah <laughs> yeah greatest name ever. So yeah, so and I'm and I'm meeting this guy, this therapist that I go into. I go in to meet him. He's got a shaved head. He's wearing long sleeves, and I can see his his mm-hmm. sleeved up tattoos. You uh-huh. know, he's hiding that, so it's like instant comfort zone. You know, uh-huh. and and uh, so I just I never realized how bad. You know, I've had basically they explained it to me. You've had forty something years of your life where you've had the wrong thought patterns, huh. and it's going to take more than a a pill yeah, and you, yeah. you need to, you know, get over this. And I, anyway, so yeah, yeah, yeah I'm in, in, in therapy now. So, and, and there's so many people, bro, that are experiencing this stuff, especially in the, in the Christian realm. I know. And, and they won't and, go and, and get help. They won't get help. Christians are woefully inadequate to deal with it because, and, and people in general are, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's not just Christians, but people in general are cause people it's, it's just not understood. I yeah, didn't yeah. understand it. Well, dude, uh, I, a couple episodes ago, I had Chris Bowden on the show and I mentioned to him, him to you, uh, when we were talking and he, he has, uh, he had his own ish, you know, issues that he had to get dealt with uh-huh. and an addiction that he had to address. And, you know, he put it this way, like, because we talked about the the stigma of going to counseling and going to therapy or medication or any of those types of things within yeah. the church, you know. And he mentioned, uh, he's like, "Well, dude, if you're strung out on heroin, do you go to your church to 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 get clean? They're not equipped to deal with that. They don't have the proper medication. They don't have the proper, you know. You, you need a cl- a clinical assistance to right. to become a, to deal with this addiction, you know. Right, right, and." uh He's like, that's why I went, I felt that therapy was the best move because he, you know, he went there because this person was equipped to deal with what was going on with him. And, and, and much the same way with you, you know, you're having these, this kind of stuff that's going on, you know, that weird thing about the church, just not, I mean, dude, I've, I'm under that same, same thing in my mind for so long. I've, I've thought like, I can't go that route because then that's then you know what's so and so gonna think or what it really gonna... ultimately that's what it is it's yeah. what are they gonna think you know and, yeah and what yeah. do i give a shit i don't care what they think right right but i do in this what right you know right 
And I didn't even have, thankfully, I didn't even have like, I got encouraged to do it. That's awesome. But I had years and years of a different upbringing in my head. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was, you know, look out, you know, you're entering into Satan's realm here. Yeah, Psychology, man. Freud, look out. Exactly. Dude, that's you know, exactly hey, what I'm hey. talking about. You know, and, and uh, I mean, uh, yeah, man, it's, you know, all you need is the word of God. That's all. That's what it says. I All I need is your word. So there, right? God said it. Whatever I settles it, it that settles, settles it. it. And I put it you on know, a bumper sticker. That's right. Which I do, you know. I mean, and you know, it's funny. It's, it's I. There's, but you know, it's because of the lack of understanding. I think of of scripture as a whole that people, you know, maybe don't. But I also see think it it's a lack the, of understanding of actual clinical. Yeah, what is actually going on? It's essentially an extension of we don't go to the doctor, God will heal us. I mean, honestly, dude, I, I really right. feel it's right. that. I, oh, yeah, yeah, for it sure. It seems clear. I mean, I'm sitting here with you. We're talking about this. I mean, just think about that, dude. In the midst yeah. of that time when you were going through all that stuff, would you have ever sat down and talked about this and in a place where total strangers would hear it? Wouldn't you have had no. a, some kind of emotional, that would have been de- very difficult, you know? But here, here we yeah. are sitting yeah. here talking about this. I don't yeah. mean to throw crazy dread on you all of a sudden. <laughs> you mean people listen to this? <laughs> I mean, at least I thought this people. was for your, your, for your uh, wife. Hi, Steph. Oh, is she down here? No, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that's going to be confusing to everyone. Um, no, man, it seems to, it seems clear to me that that it just there's definitely some some great progress could be made right there, just to hear yeah. like, dude, if you need help, get help, get it, man, get help, yeah, get help, and 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 for for people who don't understand it. It's just uh, there's a lot of great articles on out there, and 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 it it's just like with anything, there's crappy articles too. But sure. just for so people know, it's just to understand, you know, that there's when when somebody's in those states, anxiety and depression are very similar similar medical problems in the head. They they manifest themselves differently, you know. But the one common thing is you can't talk somebody out of it because. They, they cannot change the way they think. They can't just stop thinking something. Right. And that was that there is nothing scarier in the world to have control of your thoughts for most of your life. And then all of a sudden, none, you cannot stop thinking something that is nothing that is super scary. And, but, and it's super foreign and it definitely makes you more empathetic. I made me understand people a lot more. I was a guy I go to church with who. I remember I thought I, mean, I thought he was crazy and he is crazy literally you know yeah. literally I prayed with him one time it was Bible study and he was walking out to me man can you pray with me I just feel weird and I'm praying with this guy and all of a sudden he starts going rrr, rrr, rrr. I'm like what in what? the world he thought he was demon possessed and he starts doing that he might have been I'm not all, I am yeah. not all about that and I certainly don't go looking for it right but and he was like, oh, man, thank you, man, so much. I feel a lot better, blah, 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 blah. Well, it ended up, the guy, he has some really bad mental issues. Uh-huh. But he's on, he's on like, he's been on a gazillion medications. He's married now, has huh. a kid. He went through prostate cancer. You wow. know, the almost going to die. Went through that, and still as he comes to church, he's an usher, 
And I, I've, I've gone up to him a million times. I'm just like, dude, you are my hero. Because uh-huh. I have the I slightest inkling in my head of how hard it was. And I think about, oh, my God, your everyday world uh-huh. is just literally crazy. Yeah. Nobody hardly can relate to what you're seeing and thinking in your mind. And God has got you in a place where you can function mm. in this society. And I'm just like, people like that are, are uh, astonishing, yeah. amazing. Where before, I would just go like, dude, that guy's weird. Right, right. That guy's weird. Really and it, you just, uh, every now, every time I see a homeless person on the street and they're talking to themselves, I think addict, <laughs> addict. Right, right. But I also think like, dude, there's help. They need help, but they don't even know they need help because yeah. they are so far gone, yeah. you know, and it's, it's just sad, you know, and, and but you, it just makes me like anybody who's having those kind of issues. It's like, Hey, Hey, you ever want to talk, dude? I, I get it. I understand, you know? And I remember somebody telling me when I was uh, uh, going through it and I'm trying to find people to understand and everybody's like, well, you know, one time I got kind of anxious and I prayed and I read through the Psalms right. and this and that. And I'm just like, no, 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 you don't get it. And I had one guy tell me, uh, you know, dude, I know it ain't going to stop, but praying ain't going to stop it. You know, I'm like, no, what has it? You know, what do you do? What do you do? You got to get help. And then he was, there was one guy who understood. And unfortunately that guy has fallen back into, and he's in a very bad depressive state, but it is amazing that things the Lord has, Lord has brought me out of where I was. And now I can minister to him to where he is yeah, that's awesome and then and, and he you know hoping he would never been there again but he is but you know and so uh which and again is just a reminder for me it's like it's not over till it's over right you know and it's one of those things you know just it's one of i'm gonna struggle with it probably my whole life but i know what it is and i know i can get help and i know there is help and it, it i can get out of it Verses like John 10, 10, I come therefore to give you life and that more abundantly never meant so much more to me in my life than it does now. And then, and, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, there's scriptures that I had memorized, uh, forever that just mean so much more to me now because interesting how trapped I was before. I thought I knew a sense of my sin and all that stuff, but to be trapped in fear you know, perfect love casts out all fear. Dude, that's powerful, powerful yeah, because, and you don't, we don't know that we, I mean, you can, you can amen to it and we can understand it. But when you're trapped in fear in your head and that perfect love, you know, of God can, can release you from that. Not even, not just a prayer, but the, the fact that you are loved, it's yeah. okay. Go ahead to get things right. Get it right. And I, and you know, and, and I'm going to open up even more doors for you. You know, I've got so much more for you, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, man, I'll just, a lot of that stuff just, it's, it's amazing. But if you just, people just need to be honest and they need to get help and they need to, they need to quit with the stupid misunderstandings. When you don't understand something, just listen, <laughs> just listen, <sighs> just listen to somebody, let them talk, be there for them. Don't give them an answer. Sometimes they don't want an answer. Huh. They just want somebody to understand, you know, and uh, <laughs> I learned that too when my mom died. How many people, well, she's in a better place. Oh, yeah. She's Thanks, a, man. You know what? F that. Yeah. I don't care about that right now. Yeah. I hurt. My heart is, feel like somebody pounding on it. You know, yeah. it's like, I don't want to hear about where she is. Yeah. I hurt. Yeah. 
screw that, you know, and then it's, it's the same thing, you know, I don't want to hear about how you got over your little bit of uh, anxiety when you were on a flight before. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about killing myself. I can't stop thinking that I'm a worthless piece of crap. Yeah. You know, which is, you know, and then when you'd hear people, uh, you know, going back to music stuff and all that, no, dude, you're such a big influence on my life. And I've many times, you know, praise the Lord. And I know that's Jesus, you know, and I'm so glad for it. And then it's me too. It's what he's done in my life and things I've been able to say, how many good things I've been able to do for people. Every time I would hear that, it was a nail in the in to me of pff, they don't even know uh-huh. they don't even know you're they don't even know how crappy and worthless you are dude huh. and i could never hardly accept a compliment because in the back of my mind i'm thinking well number 1 you know that's pride that's pride don't take pride 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 is evil pride is evil don't don't accept it it's pride right. it's pride it's a trap from the enemy <laughs> part of it you know and then the other part was like oh you're a piece of crap come Mm -hmm. on please look at all these other people you ain't nothing and so you know i'm actually a very arrogant confident person now and it's pretty awesome (laughs) right on (laughs) praise the lord so screw you (laughs) yeah no but you know yeah it's just life is very different for me right now and i I am enjoying life. I am awesome, John ten tenning it. You know, I am living life abundantly because my mind is clear. You know, yeah. in a lot of ways, and I'm able to see things I never saw. You know, and uh, I'm able to help people I never cared about. <laughs> you know, things that He had for me, and how patient is God to wait and wait and wait huh. for those for me. You know, for these times. You know, and and even thinking that. In the back of my head, I'm thinking, yeah, see all those things you messed out on? Uh, see how you, how God was waiting for you? Where were you? I want to like see that guy and whoop his ass. Right? <laughs> I know. I know. Right? I don't oh, like that man. guy. Some, well, sometimes I like him. Dude, you got to think about this, too. I mean, I, I mentioned it earlier a couple minutes ago, but you're talking about it, dude. You're talking about yeah. it frankly and plainly. And there are people who are going to hear this who full on need to hear it. So I know. I, and who all those I needed to hear it. All those guys who are like, oh, wow, man, dude, what's it like? You know, just that perfect life. You know, what's it like to be you? Uh, I don't know. The well, name now you know what it was like to be me. <laughs> and guess what? God is still good, you know, and yeah. and, you know. God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. <laughs> Actually, God is great, and beer is really great. Yeah. Very good, and we're all crazy. So, yeah. Mm. But, uh, yeah, man, you know, the only reason I can talk about it now is because I can live life, and I don't, I, 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 I see it's a problem. Yeah. You know, and it needs to be talked about, you know. And I'm not, I don't want to glorify it, because I've actually, I've seen a little bit of that starting to happen. Mm. Like, we're supposed to celebrate it. Right. It's nothing to celebrate no. about depression. I was reading an article the other day and they were trying to turn it into, you know, which it, it, it's a true fact. A lot of people who get depression or have high anxiety are empathetic people in general and are tend to be more artistic and yada, yada. So, hey, we're artists. Let's Yay. celebrate it, you know, and it's yeah. like, oh, no, no, I'm not celebrating that at all. That crap is evil and it sucks and it ain't right. Yeah. And I'm not celebrating anybody who's going to get in that state of mind. I don't care what comes out of it. <laughs> you know, uh, that is the case of, 
God works all things together for good for those who love him called according to purpose. He works all things together for good. Not all things are good. No. He might somehow cause something good to come out of it, but that thing sucks yeah. that you're in. There is no doubt about it, and don't kid yourself. It sucks, and there's nothing cool about it. There's nothing to celebrate about it. You know, it, it, it is a bad thing. I don't wish it on anybody. I'm sure you don't. But it, it happens, and there's nothing to be scared of. There's nothing to be frightened of. Uh, there's help. Yeah. There is help. Uh, medication has helped. There are people who don't need medication. If you can do it without medication, praise God. You know, that means you probably caught it early enough or you're in a great situation. Mm. A friend of mine uh, overseas, he probably doesn't care about it, but uh, uh, named, his name's Peter. He's the singer for Extol. Uh, different country, different uh, setup over there. He was struggling with depression and anxiety for a long time. They had They had the capability of him and his whole family going to a family center, therapy center, and staying for three months. Wow. Which, when I heard that, I was like, oh, wow, dude. Let's that's, go to Norway. I'm telling you, <laughs> pretty sweet setup. Yeah. Uh, that and, Dude, I can't and, believe uh, you're such a socialist, Jim. I know. Well, We're going to have to talk about this off the air. Right. I know. There's a, yeah. Listen. John Hansen, my friend, told me that, <laughs> laughed at me because I love Norway so much. But anyway. <laughs> But yeah, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's important, you know, and he's been able to do it without medication yeah, because he's great. been in intensive therapy there and stuff, which is great. Uh, but, but medication is not wrong. It's not bad. And, and I thankfully got the right kind right off the bat. Some mm-hmm. people have to go back and forth of different things and mixtures, but it, it's all good. You know, there is help out there and it's manageable. You can do something about it, but you got to get help. You got to get help. Ah, yes, the ultimate controller, Jim Chaffin. You know, I I usually write some stuff out here, but I just want to say off the top of my head, uh, I was so happy to be in the room with Jim talking and reminiscing about the old days, but also sharing some personal things that I had not anticipated hearing uh, on some levels. And I just feel like to the best of my ability, I would encourage anyone out there to reach out to somebody that you trust, find somebody that you trust, <laughs> and reach out to them if uh, if you're going through something. And uh, yeah, that's that. Don't be afraid. Okay, <laughs> so what are we here tonight? I don't even know. I've come on, you know. First of all, this show is produced by Billy Power of Urban Achiever Podcast. This show and all other episodes of it, you can find at iNeverWas.com or you can find it at the Never Was Podcast on iTunes. Uh, If you'd like to contribute to the show, and I'm sorry that I haven't made mention of the new Patreons, I will next time around. But um, if you'd like to contribute to the show, please visit the Patreon link and drop a couple bucks in the tip jar. Um, And to... um, to everyone who's been listening, I just can't say I can't say it enough. Thank you. This the response of last week's show was incredible, and uh, I don't know. It's just been great. What do we hear tonight? We heard "Strength" from the uh, Pillars of Humanity album and Blackstone slash Pillars. Blackstone was the main drag that ran through 
Fresno that me and my buddies used to drive up and down and try to get in trouble all the time. Um, Pillars of Humanity was also the title track of the album. Uh, I guess that should go, should be said. Power of God, which is one of the unreleased songs. Uh, you know, it came out on some weird compilation, but the truth is it sounded horrible, so you didn't miss anything. Um, and then uh, that weird drum track at the end is the soloed drum track from the song Pillars of Humanity. Um, Tim Anderson, our old manager, found it and sent it to me. But that faster drum beat is the quintessential Jim Chaffin drum beat. And I just thought it'd be kind of cool to throw it in there. So thank you again for listening. Thanks to Billy for doing the show. And uh, we'll see you next week. Rainbow out. <laughs> <laughs>